follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What is the cloud? It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Here's the big question of the day. Where do you stand on the cloud computing debate? Well, here it is. Does the cloud create jobs or, uh uh-oh, does it do the opposite? Eager for a definitive answer, Jacqueline Vanasek at SAP and M.R. Rangaswamy at Sandhill Group, and M.R. has been on the show before, launched a job growth in the forecast study to determine how cloud computing impacts U.S. job creation, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, their findings were very optimistic. I'm going to quote from the study. As cloud computing transforms the entire IT landscape, it will also be a powerful catalyst for generating hundreds of thousands of net new jobs in the U.S. and worldwide. That's a wow in my book. Ms. Vanasek was sufficiently convinced to title a recent Forbes.com blog where she's a regular blogger. You ready for this? Yes, Virginia. Cloud computing will create more jobs than the Internet. And SAP recently published this news release in March 2012. Cloud computing is a powerful catalyst for job creation and has greater potential for employment growth than the Internet did in its early years. And they, of course, cite the Sandhill study. So what does this mean for startup-seeking investors? Do you need to be in the cloud? What's going on? We're also going to hear from Jeff Clavier of Soft Tech VC, one of Business Week's top 25 angels in tech in 2012. Join us today for a discussion on job forecast, bright skies in the cloud. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to In the Cloud with Game Changers, our second series presented by SAP. We just started this three weeks ago. We're thrilled for you to join us. I'd like to introduce my three very special panelists. They all have great things to share with us. Jacqueline Vanasek is an SAP VP, cloud computing evangelist, and U.S. cloud commissioner. I'm going to ask her about that in a minute. Jacqueline represented SAP on the U.S. federal and state local cloud commission's to drive adoption of cloud computing to transform government. She's also, as I said, an active blogger on Forbes.com. Welcome, ja- Jacqueline Vanisek. Welcome to In the Cloud. How are you today? Oh, Bonnie, thanks. I'm delighted to be here. And uh, when we first launched the Sandhill study in March in Washington, D.C., with Senator Robert Bennett and the Tech America Foundation, I've been sharing information with it with Departments of State and Commerce ever since, and with customers, and uh, I've been interviewing a lot of startup CEOs and venture capitalists about how big the cloud computing opportunity will be and its comparison to the Internet, and we have uh, just unbelievable stories to share with you in the discussion as we go forward. Really looking forward to it. 
Wonderful. Thank you. And you and I have been working on this topic for a long, 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 long time. I think even before we knew there was going to be an In the Cloud with Game Changers show. So I'm so delighted to finally get the chance to speak with you about this very important study, Jacqueline. And now I'd like to introduce M.R. Rangaswamy, the founder of Sandhill Group and publisher of Sandhill.com. M.R. is a leading voice for the software and tech ecosystem. He is also an angel. We've talked about this on the other show, M.R. I think you were on Coffee Break with Game Changers a few weeks ago with me. MR has invested in 35 companies over the past 15 years. MR, welcome back to my world. Welcome to SAP Radio. How are you today? Hey, fantastic. I'm not drinking coffee since it's after lunch, Bunny. <laughs> but uh, great to be back. Uh, glad, thanks for having me again. And uh, as we worked on uh, cloud computing, we found uh, the most interesting thing that, that we found was it's much bigger than the Internet. And I guess we'll speak more about that as we go along. But I believe we should view cloud computing here in the U.S., if we take a U.S. perspective, as a threat mm-hmm. and an opportunity. So what is the opportunity? Oh. It's bigger than the Internet. What's the threat? It levels the playing field. So a company in Bangalore or Tel Aviv or Shanghai or Paris, they all have the same capabilities today to do business, to provide solutions, to change out existing applications and so on and so forth. So I really believe this is a, a a cry here in the U.S. to say let's put everything we have to back this up and create more competitive companies, uh, solutions, and products that can be developed here and can have a global appeal. Very, very important. Thanks for that great overview, MR. You always have great information, and I'm so delighted to be able to speak with both you and Jacqueline at the same time on the same show because you, you partnered on this study, and it's important to think about who realizes the need. That's something I want to talk about later in the show is it takes a spark. It takes one person to say, this is important. Let's go look at it. And then you came up with this wonderful study that is so optimistic on all levels, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as I said. There's just so much opportunity. And now I want to turn to our third guest joining the panel. I will pronounce his full name. He's Jean-Francois Clavier, and he's allowing me to call him Jeff today. Jeff is the founder and managing partner of Soft Tech VC, one of the most active seed stage investors in Web 2.0 startups. Since 2004, which seems like an era ago, actually it's what, eight years ago already, Jeff has invested in more than 110 consumer internet startups in social media, search monetization, e-commerce, mobility, and B2B, B2C web services in Silicon Valley, New York, SoCal, I like that, Jeff, I think that's Southern California, and Boulder, Colorado. Jeff is often referred to as a pioneer of the micro-VC moment movement. Jeff Clavier, welcome to In the Cloud. How are you today? Thank you so much, Bonnie. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. Talk to me a little bit about this this statement here. You're a pioneer of the micro-VC. What is a micro-VC, Jeff? So micro-VCs um, have started to appear about three, four years ago, and those are traditional venture capitalists who have raised smaller funds anywhere from 20 to $70 million dollars. And they are geared towards supporting early-stage startups that are extremely capital efficient because what we discovered back in 2004 that, you know, companies no longer needed $5 million to get going. Half a million dollars was actually sufficient thanks to open source software, the cloud. And 
you know, the big funds, the half a billion, billion dollar ones, were not geared towards supporting those. And so we created this new ecosystem, if you want, this new asset class that is really solely focused on supporting those entrepreneurs. Very interesting. I'm going to ask you a, an important question here. We have a, a vast listening audience. We're hoping that we can transport them from the Coffee Break show over here to In the Cloud, but we'll make sure this gets in front of a lot of people, Jeff. Very important. Uh, we have entrepreneurs listening in the audience, I know. People who have a gleam in their eye, a little idea, a dream, if you will, about a startup. Would you say that cloud has to be featured prominently in any business plan today in order to catch the attention, capture the attention, if you will, of you and people like you and MR who have the seed money today? Is that an absolute mandate today? Sure. I, I would say that three years ago, four years ago, if you were using S3 and EC2, uh, people were saying, well, this is actually quite forward. And now, four years later, if you're not using them, people will ask you, what the hell are you thinking? Because by definition, <laughs> having a cloud-based infrastructure allows a startup to not spend any money whatsoever or just very little money on, you know, putting their servers up in the cloud and, and getting going, and then they can scale almost very really linearly. And so it's been a boon for us on the investment side to not have to build any infrastructure, any server, anything per se. And that was, there used to be, you know, basically 20% of the cost of a startup just disappearing from, from the, um, from the needs of a company. So yes, you actually have to build everything in the cloud at the very beginning. Well, I have a feeling you're very good at what you do. I know MR, as we've spoken on another show about angels and VCs, but I'm going to read a couple of your accolades, if I may, Jeff. Uh, let's see. You were recognized as one of 13 Web 2.0 kingmakers by Business 2.0 in 2007. And let's see, Business Week named you one of the 25 most influential people on the web. That's a big population. In 2008, in 2010, you were named one of the top 25 angels in tech. You were nominated for Best Angel category in the Crunchies in 2009 and 2010, and you have sold many of your Web 2.0 startups to Yahoo, AOL, and Twitter, Groupon, and Facebook. Is this this almost like, I'm going to draw a very simple analogy here, is this almost like buying a a starter house or a house in very bad repair or a house that's just basically a foundation, building it up and then moving it along, selling it to someone and saying, I hope a family is happy there, and moving on to the next startup? Is, Is that a good analogy for us, Jeff? Forgive me. Uh, not really, Bunny, because at okay. the end of the day, we hope to build very, you know, long-term, uh, sustainable companies. And so it just happens that sometimes some of those startups happen to be interesting to, uh, you know, one of the bigger fish, uh, of the ecosystem and, and they mm-hmm. go and, and, and buy them. But otherwise, our goal is to build, you know, a fab.com and even bright companies which will last, you know, for a long time and build, uh, a very sustainable business and, you know, create a lot of jobs. Okay. I want MR to weigh in on this. Jacqueline, go ahead. Please join us. Yeah, what I wanted to, yeah, thanks, Bunny. What I wanted to say, um, as an example of, uh, of Jeff's point, and in fact, this is one of Jeff's startups, is a company called DNA Nexus. And they're located here in Silicon Valley, and they are uh, a software company that's developing analysis and visualization tools, developing them in the cloud to be used and deployed in the cloud to help biologists actually analyze data uh, to do genomics modeling, and which is basically profiling uh, the human genome and the personal genome of each individual so we can all get a map of our own DNA mm-hmm. and 
use that for predictive medicine in future. So today you have the ability to have your own personal DNA profile mapped for several thousand dollars. When the original genome was mapped about 13 years ago, when it started 13 years ago, it cost over a billion dollars to do. Today you can do it for yourself. Uh, For several thousand dollars, there are companies doing that. And in talking with the co-founder of DNA Nexus, Dr. Andreas Sundquist, he expects, being right in the middle of this, that in a couple of years, every person would be able to buy this kind of a profile and have it done for yourself for several hundred dollars, and it could become as routine as a lab test. This is the kind of startup that's possible and it's becoming more and more possible with less and less capital because of the capital efficiency. And it is being fueled by the existence of cloud computing as the new compute model. And so it's much more than uh, taking a fixer-upper house and mm-hmm. trying to get it to a place where you take it to the next level. This is so huge and so transformative for uh, new business opportunities and actually changing the way we do IT, which is going to change the way we live, the way we work, and the way we do business with each other. The stories are unbelievable. Pervasive and very exciting. Jacqueline, we're going to hear a lot more from you, Jacqueline Vanasek, M.R. Rangaswamy from Sandhill, and Jean-Francois Jeff Clavier. When we come back, you're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. We're going to talk about dreams and things happening that were never even thought of before and how easy it will be to just make your mark on the world. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. 
You've been listening to the news. It's a political, very political election year here in the U.S., and you hear a lot of references to the unemployment rate and to doom and gloom. Well, we've got really good news for you about cloud computing creating hundreds of thousands of jobs. So let's get back to my special guests, Jacqueline Vanasek from SAP, M.R. Rangaswamy from Sandhill Group, and Jeff Clavier. So, Jacqueline, I want to know, what was it that sparked the idea when you were speaking to a, a U.S. congressman at the U.S. Federal Cloud Commission congressional hearing? What brought you there in the first place, and what sparked that conversation that led to you partnering with MR on the study that we're talking about today, please? How that came about, Bonnie, was that I represented SAP on the U.S. Federal Cloud Commission, which was launched by Tech America, the high-tech lobby. And there were 71 companies brought together to build a report and uh, a buyer's guide, a federal buyer's guide, uh, to help the federal government understand, learn and understand more about the benefits of cloud computing and how to drive adoption in government, because cloud can be transformative for government. And the former federal CIO, uh, Vivek Kundra, had actually launched a, uh, a cloud-first policy for the mm-hmm. IT spend in federal government. They spend $80 billion a year on IT. So anyway, I was part of the industry uh, consortium that built some recommendations. And as a result of that, we presented those recommendations to a congressional committee in Washington last year, and it was at that event that I spoke with the chairman of that commission, who was Congressman Benjamin Quayle from Arizona, mm-hmm. about the fact that what we were seeing in Silicon Valley was a reshaping or a, just a huge transformative impact on the startup community in particular. He himself happens to be uh, formerly a venture capitalist, and so he understood mm. uh, the importance of uh, IT enablement of business in the startup community. And we got to talking about it, and I said, you know, cloud computing, anecdotally, everything I'm hearing is creating jobs, and we ought to be looking at this. And so that, that prompted us in SAP to look to a way that we could actually capture and quantify how this would impact uh, job creation, new business creation with resultant job growth. And that's when we approached Sandhill and MR's team to uh, put together a study to actually try and quantify this. Uh, and, and look at the findings. And my biggest question was, uh, based on what, what I had been hearing and questions I get asked by customers all the time, is will cloud computing really be as big as the Internet? And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see if there was any kind of economic indicators that suggested that that, in, in fact, were the case. And from and we'll talk, MR will talk more about the, some of the details of the study, but, you know, um, every venture capitalist and every startup CEO that I've talked to, and I talked to a lot of them, uh, in, in my job, and I write about that on Forbes, every single person I've talked to thinks that this IT wave of cloud plus mobile plus social media plus big data is one of the biggest we've ever seen, and the opportunities are just extraordinary. Very exciting. Now, now, Jacqueline, when you approached MR, was one of the reasons that you know he is, his heart is also in helping companies grow? You know, MR is an angel. He's got 35 years of it, 15 years of investing in 35 companies. That's, that's very impressive. In addition to the work he does at Sandhill, was that one of the reasons SAP selected Sandhill to partner on this study? Just curious. Oh, I, I was very familiar with with Sandhill's work on a paper called Leaders in the Cloud. Uh, that yes. that is the that in, in my in my uh, scanning the landscape for uh, uh, reports and quantifiable data. I thought Leaders in the Cloud was the best paper that I have seen. That is a real CIO survey with really actionable data that speaks to. Uh, where the investment is going to be across many, many different kinds of companies, many industry verticals, different sizes, 
uh, for what the investment in IT will be in cloud computing and how the savings from cloud was going to be reinvested to somehow promote new business initiatives. And I wanted to take uh, a second, uh, take that study to the next level. And instead of doing some deep theoretical model from an economic perspective, wanted to take existing real data that we had and build on that to see uh, where things looked in terms of the growth of um, uh, both IT and business opportunities uh, that were being uh, fostered and spawned by cloud computing. And that's that's why I selected Sandhill. Thank you. And, MR, let's bring you into this yeah. conversation. I'm very familiar with your leaders in the cloud. Uh, Sandhill and I did a series of webinars uh, in 2011 called Mastering the Cloud and Eight Easy Steps, and we did some white papers, and we referenced your, your studies several ways. So I'm very familiar with that as well, and I agree with Jacqueline. So tell me, when Jacqueline approached you, how big did you want this study to be, MR, and what kind of population were you planning to go to for your data? Yeah, when when uh, Jackie first came to us, I think I found this to be uh, intellectually stimulating and challenging because we typically do studies where we focus on where the demand is coming from, but we mm-hmm. stay away from forecasting or, or things like that. But with cloud, I felt this was a huge thing. We had already done a substantive amount of work. I really felt that we needed to get to more details because we take it, uh, Jeff and I, as a matter of fact, in Silicon Valley, we fund companies, but we don't even think that they are in the cloud because that's how we they do business. Whereas mm-hmm. many other parts of the world, this is revolutionary for us. It's everyday happening. And so I wanted to start to quantify the demand side of the equation and the supply side, i.e., the supply being how many vendors are starting up, what are the big vendors like SAP and others doing, uh, and quantify that. So that's, that was part of the, the, the study involved the supply side. And where we found was the venture capitalists and others like Jeff and, and, and others were really adding hundreds of thousands of jobs with, you know, every year. And so that was one thing. But the other startling thing we found was large companies like SAP and IBM and others were also mm-hmm. adding a lot of jobs, which was the very interesting phenomenon of the cloud. So we found that the supply side was adding a lot of jobs. Then we said, let's go to the demand side, i.e. people buying this stuff, buying cloud-based computing and applications and solutions. And there we found that there was substantial savings being realized. And also, at the same time, we found that the innovative companies were actually applying the savings to start new business opportunities. And I know Jackie has several customers she can add in terms of color, but that was the interesting thing. They were saving money, but they were also reinvesting in new business opportunities that wouldn't have been there five years ago because there was no foundation of cloud computing. So this was a win-win in the sense that there were supply-side jobs, demand-side jobs, and also the government, you know, which needs really a lot of help in terms of cost savings and changing oh, yeah. the way they do business. Cloud was very applicable in the government sphere as well. So really it was... Everywhere we looked, we found more positives than negatives, and that's why I'm so bullish on this whole thing. And maybe, you know, Jeff, you can add some some more color to it as well. Before Jeff comes in, I want to read something, an outstanding number here, and then I, I do have a question for Jeff. In the press release I was reading about the SAP Commission study we're discussing, it says 11, this is very impressive, 11 cloud computing companies added 80 thousand jobs in the U.S. in 2010. Now, I said 2010. That's 
two years ago or almost two years ago. And the employment growth rate at these companies, are you ready for this, kids, was almost five times that of the high-tech sector overall. This is enormous. This is encouraging. This is optimistic. This is making me say, don't listen to the news reports that we're all in trouble. So, Jeff, why don't you chime in now and talk to me about what kinds of companies do you want to help? What are you looking for in terms of your investment money? Where Who, is, who would qualify for your attention, Jeff Clavier? So for us, just a couple of numbers. We see roughly two to 3,000 opportunities a year, and we're going to say yes mm. to about 20 of them. So there is a huge filtering that we apply to decide what we're going to back and invest money in. And to be honest, in this environment in the Valley, uh, money is almost a commodity. What matters is the time, the attention, the support we're going to deliver to those companies. And so the Ah. three sectors that we focus on will be next-generation commerce, uh, SaaS. So, you know, clearly we build uh, vertical and horizontal cloud companies and and then mobility, which is obviously a huge opportunity as well. And so for us, it's a, it's a mix of three things. Um, great team of founders building a differentiated product and building something for the long term that can create a, a massive opportunity uh, from a market perspective. Jeff, could you describe some of the great ideas you've seen? Now, I did the math in my head, and 20 out of 2,000 is, what, 1%? So that's a very small amount. But obviously, people have an idea, Jeff. They have a passion. They think something's going to be a go, whether you invest them or MR invests in them or somebody else does, or what do they call the the fool's investment fund, your family, friends. I think it's called the, the three Fs. We've covered that on the other show before. They have something they think is special. But what really is special to you? What can captures your attention to be in the top 20 today? I think it's really about how different they are. And I'm going to give an example of a company recently Mm -hmm. funded, which is called Farmaround. Uh, It's actually based in Croatia, of all places. And what they build is a SaaS-based ERP for the farming vertical. And that's actually really sort of unusual for us to invest in Croatia and to get into farming because none of us has that kind of background. But what those guys have built over the past couple of years is a fascinating application that allows farmers, uh, mostly in Europe today, to manage their crops, to manage, uh, you know, their cows and and, and animals and uh, get all the information that they need from a health perspective, you know, uh, record all the milk production and basically run their farms in the cloud. And it's just a fascinating solution they've built, and they have this fascinating team, and they have this passion for this vertical, which is enormous, but no one in Silicon Valley thinks about building uh, an ERP in the cloud for the farming world. And we just spent two months in due diligence on this opportunity and decided to invest. That's special, you know, uh, for us. It's very unusual, but a huge opportunity. Very, very unusual. Go ahead, Jacqueline, please. Yeah, Bonnie. Thanks. I and and I think I think what Jeff's describing about the SaaS-based ERP uh, uh, in, coming from Croatia is is a really really good example to to MR's earlier point that the threat of cloud computing is that it levels the playing field. It creates mm-hmm. uh, just an extraordinary and, and prolific number of new business opportunities and business partnering opportunities, but it does level the playing field around the world. And I actually think that's a good thing. And I wanted to share a little bit about another startup that, that I'm familiar with called uh, MobileWorks. And MobileWorks is a socially conscious startup that is sponsored by Hub Ventures in San Francisco. 
and uh, basically was an individual who wanted to um, wanted to find a way to help uh, his uh, uh, compatriots in India, mm-hmm. and uh, was driven by personal passion. And so what what he has done is developed a mobile application and crowdsourcing platform to broker data management and web web update content management kind of project work to low-income folks in India who can do the work on a low-cost mobile device or they can do it on a PC in an Internet cafe and actually get extra work to supplement their incomes to take care of their families. And this entire thing is taking work opportunities from Western-based companies and delivering them to a crowdsourced uh, Eastern-based workforce and it is entirely enabled by a use case involving mobile and the cloud. And it's just an extraordinary story of what you can do. And when I talked to the co-founder about this, he said he launched with just about no upfront capital at all mm-hmm. and has been able to deliver value and is now in over seven countries. And it's just an unbelievable story of what you can do when you, when you, when you have a good idea and you have a lot of passion behind it, and you get get a little bit of, of if you need a little bit of financial support, you don't need much, you know, from from folks like Jeff, and and all of a sudden you're you're putting people to work, you're putting people to work. It's unbelievable. It's the kind of story that gives you chills and thrills you at the same time, Jacqueline, because it says there is good stuff out there, and there's more coming here on In the Cloud with Game Changers. We'll be coming back in a minute with Jacqueline Vanasek from SAP, Jean-Francois Jeff Clavier from Soft Tech VC, and M.R. Rangaswamy from Sandhill Group. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, whatever you're using to listen to us. Stick around. There's a lot more about jobs in the cloud. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are in the cloud with game changers presented by sap if you have a question or comment for bonnie or her guests send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com you can also tweet your comments to pound sign sap radio during the show now back to in the cloud with game changers 
And we're pulling numbers and interesting statistics and a lot of optimism out of a study called Job Growth in the Cloud, how in the forecast, how cloud computing is generating new business opportunities and fueling job growth in the U.S., but we're talking global. Let me throw a little number at you here. Companies that sell cloud services are projected to grow revenues by an average of $20 billion per year over the next five years, which has the potential to generate up to 472,000 jobs in the U.S. and abroad in the next five years. Now, we're working on some case studies here that will capture your attention and your imagination with my three guests, Jacqueline Vanasek from SAP, M.R. Rangaswamy from Sandhill, and Jeff Clavier from Soft Tech VC. So, Jacqueline, ladies first, why don't you give us another case study about a, an amazing story about a company that is actually seeing the light of day through investments, through cloud, and giving giving back what they save. Oh, I think uh, I think we have a we have a customer call. I'll, I'll give you try and give you two quick ones here. We have okay. we have a, a, a very large uh, co- uh, consumer packaged goods company, actually food company, uh, Florida Crystals, who runs their entire enterprise application footprint in a, a managed private cloud with a company called VirtuStream. And uh, as a result of having done that. They have been able to reduce the cost of IT as a percent of revenue from about two. The average in that industry is industry vertical is about two, two and a half percent. They've been able to reduce their percent of, of uh, their cost of IT as a percent of revenue to under one percent, and uh, and in, in can invest the savings in other things uh, that they want to um, expand their business. You know, from a, a profit center perspective, and it's it's just a really, really good example of what you can do. Uh, when you can move uh, some of your IT spend, your fixed costs away into uh, discretionary spend to support new business opportunities. And um, they're just a very well-run company. And so the, the, the growth of cloud services as a whole industry is going to enable every company to do that. It doesn't matter how big you are or how small you are. I'll give you another quick example uh, mm-hmm. that, that is from... Uh, Trident Capital, actually, in Silicon Valley. It's one of their startups that is just a wonderful example, one of my favorites because it's REI, and I love REI. I've been shopping there for a hiking trip coming Mm -hmm. up. REI partnered with a company called PivotLink uh, a couple of years ago. PivotLink is a business intelligence on demand, so it's the ability to put business data into the cloud for, for easy access for fast decision support so that you can intervene in some of your business processes based on how the data looks, of what you're selling where and if you're not selling enough and how to bring more inventory in and that kind of thing. And the two companies actually work together. They partner together and actually changed each other's business and have mm. completely transformed the way REI can interact with its suppliers of all of their, their equipment. And they, they have both saved money and, and uh, grown their profit, and, and they make it much easier uh, to have the right inventory in the right place at the right time for people like me. You know? There you and go. It, it's just, a, I mean, cloud is changing everything. It's cha- it doesn't matter what size company you are. It's changing everything, and that's a good thing. It's a very good thing, and it's compelling. And MR at Sandhill, do you have a case study you'd like to share with us, MR? Well, let me talk about the two companies we funded in the last six months. Great. Uh, one is called Tapterra, and, you know, we had the CEO on the other show. Yes. Again, they didn't buy any hardware. Uh, they have a development center in San Francisco and they have a sister development center in Poland. Uh, and again, you can see how cloud is a global application uh, mm-hmm. and a global architecture that, that's being formed, and that's why I keep coming back to saying we've got to really do that much more so in the U.S. so that we can become one of the big hubs of innovation in the cloud. Uh, and so they didn't buy 
any hardware. Again, you know, classic case mm. of what Jeff mentioned earlier, you know, you save 20, 25% of the initial funding of the company that would go to buy hardware and, and set everything up and pay for licenses. All that is gone. The second thing that's happened is the global nature of it. You know, you tap into resources in many parts of the world. Uh, the more recent one uh, that we funded was a company called Index, I-N-D-I-X, and it's a company based in uh, India with operations in Seattle. And so here again, they're cracking the big data problem. So big data is this new technology or idea where you exploit all the data that keeps getting gathered in companies, whether it comes from cell phones or sensors and machines and devices. This can be exabytes or petabytes of data. You know, this is a large amount of data. In the past, this company couldn't even have existed because just to buy the hardware and storage for this would be hundreds of millions of dollars. But now, you know, because of Amazon and and other companies, they can just rent disk space and rent compute power in the cloud for in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's the kind of savings that caused this company even to get created. They couldn't even exist without cloud computing. So those Thank are just you. a couple of examples of how cloud computing is completely, you know, is creating brand new opportunities that never existed. Very exciting. And let's turn to Jeff at SoftTech VC. Jeff, you have an example you'd like to share? I think I, I would actually just say that um, the cloud has enabled this new generation of, of Internet companies, period. So I could come up with, you know, we've, we've closed 118 investments, and I'm pretty sure that 116 of them are using the cloud extensively, and a couple of them made the decision to run their own cages for very specific reasons after balancing the pros and the cons. And so mm-hmm. when you think about the way you build a startup today, it's leveraging the stack that has been built over the past eight years. It's leveraging, you know, Facebook, the iPhone as distribution channels that allow you to reach a billion devices or, you know, uh, or close to a billion users on Facebook. And you just think about the, um, the model, the architecture completely differently because you have all those things available to you. When I built my own startup, at that time you were almost building everything, you know, right on top of the operating system to the presentation layer, to everything. So it took years to actually get a product out. Now, after a few weeks, you can have a, a company launching, you know, an application, and, and within a few weeks or a few months, they have a million users. And now a million users is almost like nothing, whereas it used to be mm-hmm. absolutely massive, you know, 10 years ago. Absolutely. I, I want to talk a little more about something in the study that's right about what you're talking about, Jeff. The study says that there are three industry megatrends that are propelling the growth of cloud services and employment. And let's talk about the three of them, and then I, I'll ask you to comment. One is the boom in mobile computing devices such as smartphones and tablets, which Jacqueline referenced in one of her examples. Then we have the social trend in online services. Social is so important to any kind of company today. Your customer almost owns your brand. We've spoken about that on the coffee break show many times, and then the growth of big data flows that require more data management services, and MR just referenced petabytes and terabytes. So, Jeff, what do you see in the in this uh, cocktail of the three trends? Is there anything that's more important than the other, or do they all go together in the same package for this trend, for the growth of cloud services and employment? Well, it really depends on the type of application that, or the type of company that you're trying to build. But you have here three of the main components of most of the successful startups. 
So mm-hmm. how do you leverage uh, the, um, the open graph that Facebook and other social networks have created where suddenly you have a lot of information about, you know, my friends if I'm subscribed and if you can sort of intelligently figure out what my friends might like, you will put in front of them some activity that I have done on your application which will get them to sign up and use the app at a cost of acquisition which is close to nothing, right? So it's very marginal. Right. The, um, the ability to um, put your application on Android and, um, and iOS certainly gives you access to a billion devices. And without the control of the, uh, the carrier networks that typically decided what went on their, um, their um, uh, devices and that created a massive opportunity to create companies like Rovio, which with their games, you know, has broken the $100 million uh, revenue line last year. And then big data is essentially... To me, big data is really important because as you capture so many uh, bits of information about your users and their friends and what they can do and what they're doing on your service, you can mm-hmm. be making very small decisions about how to present, you know, some bits of information which is going to make the uh, the application even more useful or helpful to you, increasing the organic retention of um, of that application. So, if you combine those three, you have a very very powerful opportunity to create a, a very sticky application or very sticky service. Very and, true. And, and yes, go ahead, Jacqueline. And there and there's a whole other angle to this big data. In addition to just talking about the about the being able to create a sticky application and and bring in more users, there's a performance issue with that. And I actually just uh, posted a, a blog this morning on Forbes about this about a, a company that's in the storage space and is reinventing the storage space. You have to modify the IT infrastructure to deliver cloud services that can deliver access to big data and the ability to use it and the ability to offer uh, sticky applications. In, in a way that offers the kind of performance that 800 million users uh, have come to expect, especially when you've got a lot of teenagers using, using mm-hmm. applications like Facebook and Twitter and whatever, you know, where you have this, this, uh, this constant, continuous, uninterrupted use with high expectations of performance. And so there's two folks that are involved uh, in, uh, from an infrastructure perspective, on this, and one is a company called Pure Storage, and this is Scott, Scott Deason's startup. And he is taking flash memory, which we're, we're familiar with from cameras and phones and sure. tablets and that kind of thing, and creating enterprise arrays of flash memory uh, for faster storage, the ability to handle more data more cost effectively, and be able to provision storage capacity to support this many users in a model that can scale, you know, in some kind of a, an, an IT offering that requires the scale of cloud. That's new. That requires reinvention, and it's really big, and it's necessary to support big data. And the other one I'll mention quickly is Bromium, which is Simon Crosby's startup. And Simon was the founder of ZenSource, and then he moved to Citrix, and now he's, uh, uh, he's uh, launched Bromium. And uh, they're still in stealth mode, but what they're working on is a new hypervisor technology, which is hypervisor is the layer that allows the server, one physical server, to behave like like many servers doing different things for different people all at the same time. And they're working on a way to shore up cloud security, particularly with the access to the enterprise data center for mobile devices because there are vulnerabilities there. This is a whole other aspect about sort of the nuts and bolts of delivering cloud services that's also being reinvented because the impact is so transformative and prolific. 
and innovation and game-changing and all those good things. It is time for us to hit our final break. Thank you, Jacqueline. That was great information. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the cloud forecast. My three guests, Jacqueline Vanasek, M. R. Rangaswamy, and Jeff Clavier, are going to give their prediction for what jobs in the cloud will look like anywhere along the continuum from now until 2017. And I'm going to ask them also to include in their forecast the DNA of the companies that are going to be the real stars in this new cloud jobs forecast. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial. Lots more here on In the Cloud with Game Changers. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And, and it's that magical time to look into the crystal ball, or let's call it the cloud prediction, the cloud, real cloud forecast, jobs in the cloud. Jacqueline Vanasek, what do you see in the next five years? And if that's too far off, take it as far as you'd like to go in terms of job creation, new business startups, success, and the DNA of the people you're going to be admiring five years from now. Oh, okay. I, I, I think... Cloud computing will be the de facto compute model. I think there's no question. This is not hype. This is here to stay, and it's going to become the standard, and it will be the standard. And uh, I, I also think that there will be more businesses run off just a mobile device than we've ever seen before, and that is going to completely reshape the face of small business. And I think that I, I am absolutely in MR's camp with what he said about this leveling the playing field. And I actually think that's a good thing uh, because it's going to distribute opportunities all over the world for business. And I, I had had written a blog uh, in, uh, in past about how cloud is the world's economic opportunity. This mm-hmm. is an opportunity for everybody, and the really big opportunities are going to require that we work together across, the, uh, across uh, national borders in order to go after the really big opportunities like 
predictive medicine for every person in the world around mapping personal genomes. I think that is absolutely extraordinary. The other thing we're going to see or we're going to open the door for is the whole idea of public and private partnerships that we execute in a way that's more possible to work on social and environmental problems because of technology. I think that will be strongly enabled by the cloud, and I'm really looking forward to that. So this whole idea of socially conscious businesses, mm-hmm. I, just, I absolutely love that. I think that's great. And every time I talk to a CEO of a startup, there is one reason why they do what they do. They are not in it for the money. They are in it for the contribution. They are in it because of personal passion and heart, because they want to make a big contribution to move the needle for technology. And that's the kind of DNA that I think is, is fueling this whole thing and what's going to make it really successful and really big, and that's the thing I admire. Wow, wow, wow. That was a mouthful. A lot of it. And the, the one thing you said that really blew me away was running a business from a mobile device. It, it, it just, it's unfathomable. It has been for years, the idea that you could be that mobile and that flexible and actually contain your business on something you can take with you that's not even clunky anymore. Uh, and the, also what you said about having the heart and the passion. Very, very interesting. And I have one quick question before we turn to MR's prediction. Jacqueline, do you see that, um, that the people who are doing Doing this are going to be able to impact the world well enough that we don't have to listen to these doom and gloom predictions, especially, as I said, in this election year. Are, are, are the people who are telling us everything is in bad shape, are they not aware of the great news that you and MR and Jeff are sharing with us today? Is this a secret? I, I, I think we do, we do need to do more to get the word out, and we do need to bring the opportunity to participate in this uh, more broadly, and that's where public policy can help. And I think that's absolutely necessary. There's a big issue with the ability, you know, the training, the ability to participate in making this happen or somehow leveraging and accessing this to come up with a new business so that you can take care, you know, employ yourself and, and take care of your family. And I think that, that we, have, we have both a responsibility and an opportunity to make sure that that message gets out there. And I'm very hopeful the High Tech Caucus Cloud Task Force was launched last week to look at some of the legislative issues that stand in the way of this. And there, there's a lot of focus on this, uh, uh, both on the business side and the policy side. And, and I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, the business successes, we will be able to make them so visible that we can light a fire to really get this going. We're seeing it in government, too. There are unbelievable success stories in, in government uh, around uh, around cloud, and the fact that nobody knows about that is something that we need to fix because there's a lot more going right than is what people say is going wrong. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's what I was hoping you would say. And let's turn to M.R. Rangaswamy from Sandhill. M.R., your prediction, five years, uh, anywhere along that path, five years from today, what will the jobs forecast in the cloud look like? Well, let me start with what Bill Gates once said. He said, anytime a new technology or shift happens, we highly overestimate the immediate impact and we highly underestimate the long-term impact. So Mm -hmm. let's take the Internet. So when the Internet started and in 2000, there were, I think, 200 million people who had access to the Internet. Who would have thought 10 years from from 2000, i.e. 2010, there are 2 Mm -hmm. billion people with access on the Internet? No right? one would have thought that. No one. So nobody would, right? But initially, everybody thought it would be fantastic. And, you know, it was good, but it was not as good as we predicted. But the long-term impact was far greater and bigger than we predicted. So I think the same thing happens with the cloud. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of things going on now. And I think we probably have overestimated the impact of the cloud. 
But when mm-hmm. you look over five to ten years, we probably underestimated the impact of the cloud. Coming back to what you know, Jackie said, you could run in five years. You'd probably be running a business on a mobile device. I mean, Amazing. hey, you know, maybe in five years, my prediction is there was a bestseller a few years ago that a lot of people read. It was called the Four Hour Work Week. Maybe that'll mm-hmm. actually be possible because you're sitting <laughs> oh, please. and you're running oh, please. your business on a mobile client, you know? <laughs> so, so that would be I'm my wildest here. prediction. Sign me up. I'll settle for a 40-hour work week. Yeah. That would be amazing, too. That's great. And the DNA of the people who are going to be impacting all of this forward, this momentum to the cloud and creating jobs. Uh, MR, who, who is going to be doing this? Who do you see? So I think the more traditional jobs in IT that are jobs like, uh, database administrator and so forth are on, are going to be on the decline because these are the jobs that Amazon and Rackspace and Microsoft and all these people in the cloud are doing for us. And so mm-hmm. there are certain titles in IT that are the more, uh, mundane titles are going to decrease, uh, and the skill set that is going to increase and is sorely needed, and this is why I think there also needs to be some education component with it, you know, people with business skills and, and that can tie those to IT, so business analysts, people in companies who can take business problems, tie them back to IT solutions, and then architect and implement solutions that are cloud-based. There are very, very few of these people. You know, you, today you either have people who are in business or people who are in IT, and this new category of people and, and, and jobs will be ones that kind of go across the two domains and can easily be comfortable in a business setting or in an IT setting. So I think those kind of skill sets need to be, you know, we need to educate Mm -hmm. people, we need to train people uh, to be very comfortable with that, and I think the more mundane jobs are the ones that are going to really go away in the long term. Well, that's good. That's exciting. People want exciting jobs and, and mobility and social and, and all of the wonderful technologies we're talking about will do that for the workforce. And we have just enough time to get in our prediction from Jeff Clavier at Soft Tech VC. Jeff, what do you see five years or any point down the road in your crystal ball, please? So to me, uh, I mentioned this company uh, based in Croatia, Farmeron, which is attacking mm-hmm. the, um, the farming industry and provide uh, an ERP uh, in the cloud and, and use using uh, tablets as a, uh, a UI if you decide to do so. And I believe that pretty much every vertical will have its own farm around where you'll be able to get a set of applications which are really um, uh, custom-built based on what you need, whether it's uh, serving customers, bringing customers, uh, doing online bookings, and so on and so forth, which will give you a lot of efficiency in your day-to-day workflow and hopefully will optimize the time that you spend on infrastructure to be you know, on a face-to-face client-first kind of uh, focus, therefore allowing you to bring more money. And so that efficiency, I think, will drive a lot of economic value. Thank you very much. I want to say thank you to the three of you. But first, I have a couple of shout-outs. Next week here on In the Cloud with Game Changers, we'll be talking about professional services in the cloud. The week after, May 31st, speaking of the devil, we'll be talking about the shortage of skilled labor, another jobs topic. And don't forget, we're also on the Business Channel on Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, with a show called Coffee Break with Game Changers. Next week, May 23rd, no, Virginia, the world is not flat. We'll be coming back to talk about subsidiaries, that wonderful 
beautifully delicious parent-child relationship, you and your companies around the world. And May 30th, Oliver Bussman from SAP will be back with us to talk about an update on consumerization of IT 2012 with another stellar panel. Thank you to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, and our wonderful staff at the Business Channel. And a special thank you to Jacqueline Vanasek from SAP, to MR Rangaswamy, always from Sand Hill, and to Jeff Clavier from Soft Tech VC. Thank you, everyone. Great information. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. We'll be in touch. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for joining us here today on In the Cloud with Game Changers. We'll see you next Wednesday on Coffee Break. Bye-bye. Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com.